0: All right, this will be Blue Album 2023. Huh. <laughs> I got nothing. Mm. Three, two, Blue. <laughs> Untitled Beatles Podcast.
1: <laughs> All right. All right. What happened to your hair?
0: Oh, I'm wearing
1: headphones, TJ. It's <laughs> but just pulled back. I, I've never seen it go up like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't going out like that. I thought also what happened, what happened to my hair?
0: <laughs> I could have been that guy. What do you mean what happened to your hair? <laughs>
1: You're too late mama
0: Welcome to the Untitled Beatles podcast. I of course I'm Tony. You know that.
1: Right. And I'm everyone's favorite hairist, TJ, and you know that. (laughs) I had so much hair when I was a kid. That's it's like the only thing I've never minded being short. I've never minded being a little on the pudge side. No, I'm talking about super pudge. (laughs) Carlton Fisk, yeah. (laughs) Carlton Fisk. Played more years (laughs) on the South Side than in Boston, didn't he? I think so, yeah. I think he did, yeah. (laughs) I don't know why our guy's a White Sox fan. I'm not. You are. White Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! White Sox! Let's go! I grew up going to more White Sox
0: games, yeah, as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had to spend a lot of time doing comedy in Wrigleyville, where the demographic of your average Cubs fan was asshole.
1: Yeah, I feel <laughs> so, bad.
0: So I was like, fuck you
1: guys.
0: Hey, Chicago,
1: what do you say? I don't have any sympathy for Chicago Cubs fans because they don't even give a fuck. Yeah, so Tony, I'm TJ, and I'm so excited to be back with you to get into the Blue Album and the history of the Red and the Blue Album. And it's so fun. I keep listening to these.
0: Yeah, these new mixes are wild. They're wild. I've been coming back to them in several ways. As we mentioned in the Red Album episode, I listened on headphones, on earbuds, and then I Great listened movie on... movie
1: with the dog. You're checking your rule book, <laughs> but you won't find anything in there that says a dog can't play. He's right. Ain't no rules that the dog can't play basketball.
0: No, that, you know, I listened in the car, and then I uh, I also listened on vinyl. Now, I got the colored vinyl, the red and the blue vinyl. I did as well. Did you?
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. Only from the Beatles website, which is doing Me a great too. job helping to keep local record stores in business. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice job, Universal.
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, they are sending them out to record stores. You can buy these at record stores. Now, TJ, a yeah. lot of audio files say, like when you get colored vinyl, that the actual fidelity is worsened than regular black vinyl. The black vinyl is the best fidelity, and the closer you get to lighter vinyl, like white vinyl, bone white vinyl, has less quality and fidelity.
1: (laughs) Well... (laughs) I, I used to go see Bone White Vinyl at the Cubby Bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: they opened up for the John Entwistle Band,
1: <laughs> <It was laughs> who did
0: a, a drum solo with a little Energizer <laughs> rabbit uh, <laughs> bass drum thing. That's a true story. I saw Entwistle live at the Cubby Bear. It was great. Anyway.
1: That's hilarious. Good use of a pop culture zeitgeist Energizer, buddy. <laughs> um, I read a similar thing, but then I read something that said that that was the case back in in the early days of of colored vinyl. Ah. Um that in recent years they've done a really good job mastering it in a way that you can't really tell a difference between this and the standard black vinyl. Now, two of my prized red and blue record collections have a, a DMM logo on both that say direct metal mastered and those are the German red and blue. Oh. Which have always sounded great to me. Those are probably the ones I have in the best condition other than when the 2014s uh, came out. But yeah, those are ones I acquired like i think in middle school and i mean they've just always sounded great
0: so i don't know yeah dmm i think die Muten Mutter. mother i think is, <laughs> I, right
1: they used to open a gummy bear for, for mother <laughs> yeah, they, love bone white vinyl <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was those guys nitzer ebb they opened up for a lot of those kind of bands die Muten Mutter. mother <laughs> yeah so i i listened that way um As mentioned earlier, you know, this is my first time purchasing the Red Album because I I had always just inherited my mother's uh, copy on on vinyl from uh, the Capitol pressing, and then she had it on cassette as well. And then I recently bought the Blue Album actually off of Discogs because I never had it on vinyl. But I remember getting it at the library just for the lyric sheet because I wanted to hear what some of these lyrics were
1: right you
0: know because i knew the red album had lyrics i'm like oh the blue album and my mom didn't have the blue album because you know beatles were into drugs then they were hippies my mom was nancy reagan i don't know if you knew that um (laughs) oh that's wonderful my mom was timber gore (laughs) oh let's hang out (laughs) but yeah so I, i uh i have bought the blue album before
1: yeah should we get into like the the whole history of all this stuff yeah, as they Let's do it in their 50th year, which is what makes this so cool. And by the way, as you call the history up, one thing I'll say, I believe, Tony, the colored vinyl box set is only available from the Beatles uh, store. So that's oh, okay. why I got this from there.
0: You're still sealed. I see you've got the shrink wrap on there. No, still. what's oh, nice is. It. Yeah, okay. I
1: just I've got it. So and the albums weren't shrink wrapped, but the box was. But yeah, I kept the shrink wrap on the outside. I love the hype sticker and the logo of the, the Beatles. I wonder what font that Beatles logo is <laughs> on red and blue. <laughs>
0: (laughs) Well, stick around because we will visit Font Lovers Corner. I can't wait. Later on. I'm
1: first in line (laughs) at a -a Ticketron in 1986. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it says the classic compilations now expanded with extra tracks, including the single Now and Then. Six LPs featuring 75 tracks, Half Speed Master on 180 gram red and blue vinyl. And of course, just before the Apple logo is the familiar sight on a Beatles album, the Universal logo. I still can't get over it. It's very weird.
0: <laughs> you funny that way were you yeah I I, I I didn't even notice the logo stuff you know what i mean i just don't even look at that
1: it's just something that was because in my mind it's it happens before like some of the greatest movies i've ever seen is seeing that same logo and now it's on beatles product it's just it's a, it's a strange kind of juxtaposition for me
0: yeah i get it yeah. i get it well man so in 1972 there were these ads that started popping up in magazines like motor trend Car and Driver, we and Penthouse.
1: <laughs> we, we mentioned that recently. We've both written them some deep letters.
0: Yeah, Forum. We're both Forum uh, authors. We write those Forum, Penthouse Forum stories.
1: Hashtag Water Couch.
0: <laughs> and these ads were like, here's a quote from one of the ads. Four ragamuffins with outrageous haircuts that woke up the world. The story of the Beatles, eight-track set. It was manufactured by Economic Consultants, Inc. So then there was this TV ad for the Beatles' Alpha Omega. 60 Beatles songs for $13.95. Now RRP has gathered 60 of their finest songs out to four LP records, cassettes, and eight-track tapes for only $13.98. This is an album that you will want to keep, and it will surely grow more and more valuable in years to come. Here's your announcer to tell you how to order.
1: Send thirteen ninety eight to Beatles, Box 377, oh. Seymour,
0: Connecticut. That's Beatles, Box 377, Seymour, Connecticut. Specify cartridges, cassettes, or records. Money back guaranteed by Electro Sound Dupe Incorporated.
1: These are like bootlegs, man. Yes, taken right from the Capitol Master. Uh, from Not the Capitol yeah. Masters, from great pressings of actual Capitol Records.
0: Yeah, so you got like some Dave Dexter mixes on there.
1: Oh, yeah. And they were like kind of in alphabetical order.
0: The song titles, like the sequence, the songs were sort of in alphabetical order. And then there's some solo tracks in there too. I mean, it's very, it's very like, what?
1: (laughs) And totally illegal.
0: Yeah. Now, have you ever owned one of these? Never. I may have stumbled upon one of these in stores and not known it and just thought, oh, it's just some cheap foreign knockoff thing because it know. looks
1: like a knockoff with the the, well, it the is. Car- yeah <laughs> it, it absolutely is but what was crazy is how widely distributed it was it was available you could find them uh in secondhand stores through the 80s for you know i mean i don't remember what they like, say cost but you i saw them there for sure
0: yeah man it's so wild yeah so that company was called tv products inc of cleveland or cincinnati i've read both and audio tape inc of asbury park new jersey uh, it was run by B. Springsteen, but spelled Steen like Jewish style.
1: And B. like Aunt B. from The <laughs> Show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was successful enough to warrant a volume two. So come February of 73, George Harrison, Apple, and Capital filed suit. Details are sketchy, but production was halted. And... Lo and behold, I want to say this is, was this Alan Klein's idea? I've heard this is
1: Alan Klein's. Okay. It's kind of the last thing he did as part of the Beatles empire was a good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was like maybe one of the, one of the few good things he did. I mean, I think he did look out for them money wise, trying to get them more money, but I don't know, man, whenever I hear business stuff, I just nod off. So, uh, his rep is, is dicey and you know, he's kind of notorious
1: with his New York walk and his New York Ah. talk. (laughs) <laughs>
0: code. John Lennon, I know code. It too. All right, John. We need allies,
1: guy. There you
0: stand with your allies. So this is the first greatest hits package in the U.S. that the Beatles themselves uh, put together. The only authorized collection of the group's music. Released uh, April 1973, the Red Album got up to number three. And I want to say
1: the Blue Album got to number one. I think so. And at least one of the... I think on Billboard.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'll take your word for it on that.
1: They were one and three. It's not like a bear season. (laughs) One month in.
0: (laughs) And uh, Led Zeppelin had the number two spot. I want to say Houses of the Holy, I think, was the one. Same year, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, man. I mean, we talked about this in the Red Album, but the uh, episode, but the Red Album is very, very personal to me. Also, the Blue Album. This is like right when I was getting into the Beatles. This is the one you get. You know, Mm -hmm. These are the albums you get. And I think for a lot of people, this is their introduction to the Beatles. And I think that's why it works so great as a total four LP set.
1: Yeah, Tony, again, I don't have my original albums to show you, but... These are the eight tracks we listened to in the car when I was six, seven. Those are awesome. Man. And my mom wrote because I used to bring them to school for show and tell. My name is written in small ink there. That's my mom's handwriting says TJ, which is really sweet. Yeah, they still sweet. have these and this and the records were my introduction to the Beatles. My parents were nice enough and smart enough and knew enough to start with these when I was getting into them, the very first Beatles thing I had was the cast album of Beatlemania on on <laughs> 8-track and on vinyl. And then when I learned there was more than that, it was the Orange Capital 45s of Can't Buy Me Love and then Lady Madonna and then the Red and the Blue albums. So yeah, they're both so instructive and apparently they have been for 50 years. Yeah. And I'm usually not one for greatest hits
0: packages whatsoever, you know?
1: Greatest hits albums are for housewives and little girls. You're not serious. You don't want to be a Doors fan. Get out of my store.
0: But yeah, I make an exception for this one. This this to me is just like a great collection of songs by one of the greatest, if not the greatest group ever.
1: Well, and Tony, let's extrapolate that a little bit because I feel the same way about a lot of Greatest Hits albums. But what makes these so wonderful is the balance and not even with these added tracks in the 50th, the balance of hits with important album tracks is what separated this from other quote unquote greatest hits albums. If the first Beatles greatest hits album had been 20 greatest hits, which came out in 82, I think we would look at it differently. It'd be like, okay, great. So it's oddly 20 greatest hits. I believe begins with she loves you before love me do. And then the rest <laughs> is, logical, which is very strange. Um, yeah, that's weird. It's it's so weird. Uh, very capital records at the time. Surprised Everything was spelled correctly. Um, <laughs> But I really feel as if the fact that it's four albums with album cuts and hits that show the importance of the band three years after the breakup separates him from being like Pearl Jam's greatest hits. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Or the fact that like the White Album and Sgt. Pepper didn't have any singles on them. So if you just go by singles, it's not an accurate representation of that group. You know, that's why the one album is whatever. Not as good as these albums.
1: We talked on the last episode about how their maybe second best love song is is in my life. Yeah. And what about Here Comes the Sun? That's the most downloaded Beatles song on iTunes. Right. Not a single. Not a single.
0: Kind of wild. Kind of wild. Yeah, man. So the guy who sequenced this, he did the Hey Jude record. And as as well as the Stones Hot Rocks, which was also my introduction to the Stones was the Hot Rocks stuff. And those are great too, man. Yeah. Yeah. We rarely talk about the Stones, but the Hot Rocks is great. One and two.
1: Is it weird that I enjoy more Hot Rocks, maybe a little bit more?
0: Sure. Well, you know, deeper cuts.
1: Deeper cuts. That, were, uh, th- that was a better introduction, because that's where I learned the non-hits was on more Hot Rocks, or most yeah. of the non-hits.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. Come on, and We Love You, and those, yeah, yeah, there's some good ones.
1: I also love Made in the Shade. We'll just do a whole Stones <laughs> compa <laughs> edition.
0: Everything that's wrong, me and my baby party. All day long, i uh alan steckler's who we're talking about he did the sequencing he assembled these yeah man i think he did a fucking great job
1: this guy tony helped make old brown shoe a standard <laughs> a Beatles standard what I a great it. it's one of the great decisions in beetle history i fucking love that i love that man
0: yeah because that's a great song. And I know I, I've, heard, yes. I've heard some people poo-poo that it's on there in the first place. And it's like, oh, well, you know, tough nuggies, I guess, man.
1: Yeah. So, sorry, uh, maybe the Gary Moore version's not great. Who's saying it? Was it Gary Moore? Who did it in the tribute? TJ, you ignorant slut. You're mixing up your Garys again. Gary Moore was the Irish blues icon who played in Skid Row and Thin Lizzy. Gary Brooker of Procol Harem played "Old Brown Shoe" at the concert for George, and Gary Puckett was the screen name you used on America Online in the mid '90s.
0: Oh well, thank you. Th- oh well. Oh, what the? That was totally uncalled for, man.
1: You know, it's almost 2024, man. That's something you couldn't have said in 2019, P3Z nuts.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about the packaging, the artwork. The whole thing, man—the package. Yep. So designed by Tom Wilkes. It was a simple concept: red for the early songs, blue for the later songs. I think it was—that's a great distinction. The red album is the touring days, and the blue album is the studio days. I think it—it's a perfect place to cut it.
1: Republicans love the early stuff because <laughs> it—they it, can—it can always stay the same way. And Democrats <laughs> love the progressive stuff that pushes forward and uses drugs.
0: <laughs> there you go. And to be fair, they were always using drugs.
1: <laughs> Prelude in anyone. So, exactly. Republicans are high, too. Exactly. It's fine. Everyone's, everyone's high. We can all be high together. The Beatles bring people together, but the red and blue aspect, red for communists, blue for, you know, people who don't believe in the word freedom fries. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Take it, Tony.
0: So it actually was Alan Steckler's idea to use the discarded get back cover for 67 to 70. Famously done and recreated by Angus McBean. By the way, TJ, I'm still waiting on my x-ray glasses and garlic flavored gum from Angus McBean's novelty warehouse in Teaneck, New Jersey. Angus McBean.
1: Has the plastic vomit shown up yet? You've <laughs> that, that's that multiple there, yeah. Times. Oh yeah.
0: I've been, I've been getting great laughs with that. I bring it out sometimes. It's <laughs> great. People love it. People are like, wait, are you okay? I'm like, I oh uh, oh uh, and I'm like no I'm fine and everyone goes oh you're so funny
1: you, but you also do a bit right after you literally shit yourself
0: yeah well that's you gotta heighten see I took improv classes TJ and got, <laughs> when working with bodily fluids you gotta heighten Oh, TJ, It's I, I, I see uh, the, the doors are opening at Font Lover's Corner. <laughs> oh, we've been camped out forever. It's cold under this bridge at Wabash. <laughs> what is that font on the Beatles' Red and Blue albums? Let's go to Font Lover's Corner. Welcome to Font Lover's Corner. Today's font in question... A custom font, possibly inspired by Cooper Nouveau, created by Dave West in the mid-60s. It features an energetic pitch, springy silhouettes, and a plump, friendly figure. (laughs) Typesetters consider this to be the ballpark franks of fonts. Thank you for visiting (laughs) Font Lover's Corner.
1: Fonts, fonts, love those fonts. Because they plump when you write (laughs) them? Yeah, yeah.
0: They plump when you... When you set them on your uh, <laughs> <laughs> your letterhead thing. There. I think
1: it's my favorite font letters corner. <laughs>
0: like nice I do thing. love this font. There's a part of me that wants to make this uh, like a, another Untitled Beatles kind of play on uh, merch.
1: I just ordered a t shirt that has the red and the blue and like circles with that logo on it and an apple underneath. Oh like, cool man. I love the font so much too. Yeah. It's like a classic nineteen seventies font. It's warm, yeah. it's 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 comforting. And the fact that the albums, what a brilliant idea to recreate the shot and then use an alternate take from the Please Please Me shot. So Because great. the albums always go so well together. It's almost like I give him credit for what Klaus Foreman did for Anthology for those three albums where you can line all those three album covers up together, Anthology 1, 2, and 3, and it becomes the Anthology poster.
0: Oh, yeah, that's and right. And it's
1: kind of, it's a similar thing to do things that connect to each other. And this was a brilliant idea.
0: I completely agree. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's also great
0: that that photo just didn't go to waste. Like, that Get Back record, I love that Get Back record with the same Please Please yeah. Me font and all that. So, you know, that went into the garbage can or whatever, the recycling bin, and came out this way. So recycle, everybody. There's a lesson from the Beatles. The Beatles were the first band to recycle. There's too much trash in the neighborhood. Out on the streets, it just don't look good. Now there's something you can do. food is fine, but when you're through, recycle it. Bottles and cans, recycle it. Lend a hand uh, You open up It's a gatefold, TJ And that's the photo by Dan McCullen On the famous Mad Day Out A long day July 28th, 1968 They're at the St. Pancreas Old Church <laughs> Excuse me Excuse me. St. <laughs> Pancras Old Church In central London When I was a kid I used to think they were at the zoo You know, doesn't it look like <laughs> I guess a children's zoo Because there one kid's On the other side of the bars there <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, that's the uh, British zoo is not going to I'm, I'm a bit of an Anglophile and British zoos would just entrap little preppy white kids for a long time put them on display. Um, but, yeah, I've I have always loved this. And another stroke of genius, it's the exact same photo in both albums. Gatefolds tinted red in, in, in the first one, tinted blue in the second. And that's nice. one of my favorite things. Yeah. I've never said this out loud before, but the kid who is just next to George Mm -hmm. looks like a kid I went to grade school with named Charlie Heenan. And when I first had this album, I might have approached him and said, is this you? Because because I was positive. Like, I mean, I knew it wasn't, but it was just very funny to me. Uh, But to me, I always imagined they were at a park. Yeah.
0: Like Hyde Park somewhere.
1: Yeah, just kind of hanging out, trying to get into UFC in high fight.
0: Yeah, well, look at that kid. He's self-preppy. You know, he gets good grades. Right. Right. He used to tuck in that one collar, but after that.
1: <laughs> he uh, he was a Democrat, and then he majored in economics, now he's uh, running a right-wing think tank.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love this photo, though, because, yeah, if you look closely, there are the four Beatles spread out. And there's kids, but there's also people about their age, and then there's there's some elderly people there, too. So it kind of it speaks... To the idea that the Beatles are, you know, a part of all three generations.
1: That is so well said, and correct me my Beatle knowledge here, is that Aunt Mimi on the right? (laughs) Couldn't (laughs) that be Aunt Mimi? You mean
0: John's Aunt Mimi? Yes! (laughs) No, no, she's not participating in this. (laughs) I thought maybe... No, you know, the guitar's all right, but he'll never never make a living at it. Never make a
1: living, John. Uh, Well, I didn't want him wasting... His college time and missing lectures uh, by wasting his time playing a guitar.
0: Well, let's get into the music, man. Let's get into the music. We only really have two new stereo mixes to talk about. And then we can talk about the added songs, the augmented songs, if you will. A lot of surprises, some disappointments
1: yeah because most of the stuff what makes the Blue Album less exciting as a remix is most of the materials already been remixed because that's the later catalog stuff started with Sgt. Pepper but even before that some of the singles in 2015 were remixed as we mentioned many times in the last episode for their reissued version of Beatles 1 so things like Get Back and Don't Let Me Down Ballad of John and Yoko a lot of those are just the 2015 mixes which I can't tell how I feel it's almost like time is passing so quickly now it's almost like oh the 2015 strawberry fields can't be as good as what a 2023 one would be right and then you listen and it's wonderful but there's something about like it's almost like the record industry trick of newly remastered uh, you know it's happening so quickly that i'm looking at a 2015 remix going hi huh, i wish it was 2023 it's very weird Right, right, yeah, it's not new enough. <laughs> right, that's but that's what we're being conditioned to. Like, the, listen, do I believe that the Beatles' intentions are pure? Yes, I do, Tony, but they're making a ton of money re-ish making us buy all the same stuff over and over again in exceedingly expensive ways. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. they yeah. found a way. Those remasters in 2009 are perfectly fine. This is like the kind of little mini ethical dilemma because I'm bathing in these remixes, maybe more than I did for even pepper or the white album, just the rush of the, the hits on these records. I've just been listening to these nonstop. And then I kind of go, you know, the other ones were pretty fucking great, too. The vinyl I spent $60 on in 2014 of the remastered analog pressings of Red and Blue. Those certainly sound lovely. They don't have the Ringo-only love-me-do on it, but, you yeah. know, they have the bonus disc. I, I don't have... You really got a hold on me. But weren't those enough? And that's kind of the Beatle dilemma is I'm a cheerleader for this new stuff, but it also it makes you wonder for a second, like is this necessary versus beautiful and can those coexist? Yeah. I mean,
0: there's so many mixes to choose from now, I guess. Right. So it's one of those things. It's like, okay, if I don't like the new Giles Martin mix of something, I can always listen to the one that he didn't do and put that on a mix. Like we have all this technology at our fingertips where we just plug in the different mixes and make a little playlist like we used to do at mixtapes or whatever, right? So they're always there. They're not getting erased. If you especially if you bought something and it's physical, you can always listen to that stuff. So, you know, for people that get riled up about new mixes, it's like, well then, okay. Then just listen to the ones you like, you know. Get rid of the stress of in your life. <laughs>
1: That That's a very kind of uh, honest and zen way to look at it because it does sometimes feel like I I don't want to say I have anxiety about it, but there's so <laughs> many ways to listen to this music that was perfectly fine on my cassette or 8-track player or my old 45. like But I'm pro the new mixes. Let me ask you one question like this before we move on, Tony. If your introduction to the Beatles, here's the remix of I Am The Walrus, which we're going to talk about in a little bit as one of the new mixes here, which right. is pretty spoiler. It's pretty radically different at a few places, especially the the fade out. Is that then the definitive version of I Am The Walrus? Because it's on the Blue Album here, like for 50 years, I Am The Walrus existed on the Blue Album just fine. Yeah. You know, in its original form. Does this new gussied up version that has gussied up, I hi, I'm 90. But <laughs> d- does this it's got many more ornamentation brought into the mix that certainly many of us hadn't heard before? Is yeah. this now the definitive version of I'm the walrus? And is it okay if it is? And or am I overthinking this? Like I am prone to do.
0: <laughs> I mean, as someone who lives and breathes the Beatles, you know, it's they're kind of a part of your DNA. Yeah, you might be thinking about it more so than others. And I think it all depends then on like how you listen to music and your access to it. So if you're a streaming person and listening just on whatever platform you choose, which album are they serving up to you? Most likely it's the new one. But I will say there's been times like it'll just say the White Album and it's not the 2018 one, you know, and it's just the 30 songs. And you hear those 2009 mixes, you know, which are pretty, are pretty great. Pretty damn great. Yeah. To me, those are the definitive mixes, the 2009 ones or whatever. But also, you know, look at us. We grew up second generation. And it's like when the CDs came out and became canon, all those stereo mixes that the Beatles weren't even there for most of those mixing sessions for the stereo mixes, those became the definitive ones. And that's how we know it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, we didn't grow up with Mono, Sergeant Pepper. No, no, exactly. Yeah, so, great point. It's a great point. Yeah, I guess it's it's whatever mix
0: you want it to be. And if you're, you know, if you care, then you'll seek out the different mixes. And but yeah, I think your casual fan is probably going to hear this. I am the Walrus is is there. I am the Walrus. Maybe I
1: don't know. That's okay, right? Because everyone's thing can be their own thing. It just, this isn't, this I am the walrus, uh, here's what gets me a little bit. This I am the walrus isn't what John Lennon knew before, he died. This is a signature John Lennon song. He wanted to sound... Now, okay, I'm going to talk myself out of this. Right. Freeza John wanted. A, John wanted to re... Well, but a <laughs> Bird and I'm the Walrus have different stature, on. you know, like in, in terms okay. of Beatle lore. But what I was going to talk myself down from Tony is John wanted to re-record every Beatles song anyway. Like, John was unhappy with everything, so maybe he would okay. listen to yeah. what Giles was doing and say fuck yeah, this is wonderful, because that's more John spirit than saying no. Yeah. There we go. I'm back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do these. Let's go track by track. Strawberry Fields Forever, my favorite Beatles song. We get the 2015 mix. Let me take you down because I'm going to Strawberry Fields. I still miss that little Swarmandel pluck that happens, uh... On the way down to the first fade out.
1: Yep. 2009.
0: 2015. <laughs> I missed that. But I'm a person, TJ, I do not own... The one album, I've never bought that because I'm always like, I don't want a greatest hits package. I already have Red and Blue and I have these songs every other which way. So I've never owned one and I've, I'm not as familiar with the, the 2015 mixes. So in a way, for me, this Blue Album Listen was a little different at times.
1: Wow that's again that's interesting to hear and what separates us a little bit is I have one on cassette I've got <laughs> multiple CD pressings of one I've got the tape I don't think I've it's it's been unsealed <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just like you're now and
1: then. K-Single. It's <laughs> great. I'm, I'm not opening that. In case I get in financial trouble, that's the first to go. That and my quest for the Egypt Station cassette. If if someone's poking around discogs at one in the morning looking to see if Egypt Station is no longer an $80 cassette, it's me.
0: <laughs> Lord. <laughs> uh, then we get the, the latest, like, Sgt. Pepper mixes, Penny Lane. Penny Lane. Sgt. Pepper. With Sergeant awesome Pepper. With a little help from my friends. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. So far, we're in the proper order of the Blue Album. then we get our first new song yep and it's like you predicted you predicted this one within you without you
1: yeah i did predict this tony because one george needs more representation and two other than norwegian wood he needs some kind of sitar representation as well like an, an indian piece uh, this is the one to do you're not gonna put uh love you too on um the red album it's interesting that they keep the, the laugh. I don't know why there was part of me that was like, oh, I wonder if they'll fade out. I didn't know that I was expecting to hear it. It almost felt like an ornamentation. I never thought of that song on a compilation before, so I wondered what they would do with it. <laughs>
0: Now, back when we did our ESP and <sighs> uh. Coming up on the show, is it Canerco or Canelco? Now, back when we did our ESP show, our Creskin predictions about what the augmented tracks were going to be, I said we need a George Indian song, but I was definitely with the Inner Light. So, okay, similar, I was thinking the same thing with George, Inner Light. Inner Light oh, makes I it... Oh, I wish
1: I'd done... I love Inner Light right? so much. I only chose Within You Without You because of the importance of its place in Pepper. Otherwise, Inner Light, you know, is my favorite Indian George song.
0: Yeah. And that's why I thought like, oh, cool. Put some Indian George on here. Which I think should have been on there. To me, like once it was on Past Masters for some reason, which I know is not a greatest hits compilation. But to me, the Inner Light on Past Masters is kind of like Old Brown Shoe on the Blue Album. Therefore, Inner Light could go on the Blue Album.
1: Here's where I agree with you. My exact note is: got to have a George Indian piece. I predicted this, but in retrospect, give me the inner light. Right? That's exactly. what I wrote. Yes, yeah. that's my it's my favorite Indian George song. But the inner light is the B side to Lady Madonna, and then finally showed up on uh, rarities. You know, this song is part of the biggest rock album of all time. <laughs> you know, so you got to go with this one. I get it.
0: I guess. Horses, if you're, if, for horses for courses horses.
1: But Tony if you're giving Revolver Six songs you gotta give Sgt. Pepper At least the same Amount right it's Sgt. Pepper
0: Yeah but we, I also giving Revolver That many songs I think is a, a Misstep so I think this is a misstep
1: Well we're no longer Beetle bros <laughs> see yeah. ya
0: Step bros <laughs>
1: <laughs> My favorite Farley Brothers film is Beatles step brothers Uh all right, then we get a day
0: in the life. No applause. Uh, LL uh, down there in Australia for, on our Discord was complaining that there was no inner groove after this. So
1: oh, <laughs> I thought that was funny. That's pretty great. That's also <laughs> another one of your Beetle karaoke jams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great Beatles. I'm so happy. Definitely does it. Uh, Yeah, this is actually a kind of a seminal moment in And there's another one of these on the next disc Um, To have the Day in the Life intro clean in the remix It's the first time we've had that Because previously the only remix was on the Pepper remix from 2017 So to have a clean opening of this with the remix too And I think it's really great I read the news today,
0: About a lucky man who made the great uh, Then we get All You Need Is Love All you need is love All you need is love And now we get to talk about it I am the walrus Give me your first impressions when you heard this I thought it sounded great uh, You get the 6 beat intro I thought the bass was more vibrant Lennon's vocal felt like more compressed or something like there was like a it was clearer but it still had that grit on it. I really enjoyed, there's like those new breath sounds after Lucy in the Sky. Oh, yeah. See how they run. I'd never heard those. See how they fly like Lucy in the sky. See how they run. I'm crying. I liked that. To me, that was, that's cool. And that's something I heard every which way I listened to it. Some of the new things on the Red Album I only heard in the cans, not in mm-hmm. the car or whatever. That one I heard. Uh... I heard some funny vibrato in the strings before I'm crying. Yes.
1: Same note. Right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I thought the violin was more prominent during the verse coming out of the the noise break. Maybe a little too loud. Yeah, then we get into the whole Fade Out thing, and that's where the song goes just kind of off the rails or whatever on the mix, the new mix, right? This is all about the radio sounds on the Fade Out and the volume of the radio sounds. At one point, the radio like overtakes the whole song itself, and I, I, I couldn't hear the band anymore for a split second. And that, to me, was alarming. I'm like, oh... This is when it's like on the White Album mixes, where Helter Skelter is like, whoa, this sounds fucking great. But then the fade out, fade in part, and I got blisters on my fingers is like low in the mix. And now there's this annoying flute over it. I
1: got blisters on my fingers.
0: That was like, I don't like that. I didn't like that. Yeah. So at first I was like, oh, I don't like that the band went away completely and that I'm hearing more of um, more of the orchestra part of the radio sounds than the Shakespeare part. You know, it was a choice. And I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard mix to do, too. That's a hard mix to do to figure out, I think.
1: Well, you clearly have to make a choice if you're going to remix this. And I don't count the remix on love because it was not as adventurous. There certainly were other choices made, but it wasn't this. And <laughs> right. this was gripping and I couldn't tell if I liked it or hated it. It was gripping in a way that eight days a week gripped me because that was like an, oh, my God, I got to hear that again. And this was like a how. Huh, This isn't I am the walrus like I want to (laughs) hear I want to hear the end but like space I I don't know what I was expecting but the more I've heard it the more I'm into it I think it's great it's probably the most not my favorite moment but I think it's the most important other now and then the most important moment on the red or blue the most Hmm. certainly Hmm. the most um, the most progressive the most adventurous
0: yeah yeah. You know, it's funny in my notes I actually do have the word huh ellipses written down. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's I don't hate it, but what the fuck's happening? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. And I've definitely come back to this one. Like when this one comes on and the the repeated listenings, I'm always I got my ears more out for it. So, you know, and everyone's talking about it. All those angry dudes on YouTube wearing their little hats and like holding up the albums are, you know, making faces, you know, they're all up in arms about (laughs) like Yeah How they hate it
1: <laughs> But that's where I come back to Like If you're playing If someone says Hey Tony Play me a A cool Beatles song I don't know the Beatles real well I've heard about I'm the Walrus Because that's a way Somebody would talk <laughs> Exactly. You know, <laughs> hey, I've heard about this band called the Beatles. I'm not familiar with much of their work, but from the Magical Mystery Tour soundtrack, they have a selection called "I Am the Walrus." Would you play them this, or would you play them? You know, your Magical Mystery Tour version or mono, or whatever, any of the originals.
0: Yeah, I would. I would not play them this. I, I mean, me if either. it's up to me, yeah. If I'm curating someone's experience, no, I won't. I wouldn't pick this one. I would. I would maybe show it. After, so yes. oh, listen yes. to this. Listen to a, how different this one sounds is during the end part, especially.
1: Yeah, yeah. It it is great to have as an option. I'm not dogging it. It is mixed in. A, you know what? It rem- I think I love the ending. After a minute, what I'm like, it oh, it reminds of me of the opening area. of season one at WKRP in Cincinnati. They're <laughs> 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 like, that's all. I wonder if the version I got's going to go into the theme. <laughs> I'm like, it's amazing.
0: But the senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. <laughs> I became
1: of me. Uh, yeah i uh I, like i really 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 like it i might love it but I, like i kind of want my i am the walrus back <laughs> which it's
0: always there it it's always go there away. i know it i know it, it didn't know go it. away yeah it's only if you sell it back you know that's the only way these are going away is if you sell them back
1: Tony, if Giles Martin really wanted to go for it, he would have remixed the mono U.S. single version with the extra beats.
0: Yeah, before Yellow Matter Custard. Yeah. And all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: never been available digitally or on CD. No. I mean, or, or on the singles when they, I mean, they, that's, that disappeared when the US 45 of that went out of print, that version disappeared.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully there'll be a magical mystery tour thing coming out and I'm, I, I would hope that it's on there, you know?
1: uh yeah tony target had a box set a couple years ago of beatles 45s and they had a replica i am the walrus hello goodbye 45 with the u.s mono swirl and it's a different edited version that keeps the extra beats but it's not the original so somebody at apple must have um maybe they couldn't locate the master so they took the remaster and edited in the part but it's a sloppy edit Oh weird. It's real weird. I'll send it to you. It's very like it's (laughs) Yeah, I want to hear that. That's that's bad. And it's an official release.
0: (laughs) There you go. As if Target needed more bad news. Hey, your Beatles mixes are all fucked up. Target. Is a fun place to shop. Uh, next up is Hello Goodbye from the 2015 mix, again from one. You say- Yeah, this was a a newer mix. Like, yeah, I'm not that familiar with this mix. The vocals are higher. Although the lead guitar stings, those little downwards, like, those are a little more buried to my liking. So that was kind of a new mix for me. I hadn't really listened to that one before.
1: Yeah, the coda is great in the remix. I feel like the vocals are real prominent in that coda at the end. Yeah. uh,
0: I think he should have just ended it before the coda
1: i know you don't like the coda that's all
0: right (laughs) that's too paul that's too paul for me that's like hey let's do another round like no that was a great song without that part
1: (laughs) just the people down the middle um you know uh tony uh here's the thing though the coda gave us some fun beetle dancing on stage even I if mean, it's vaguely offensive
0: in moments. <laughs> sure. Whatever, you know. Whatever, sure. Yes. I mean everything's fucking offensive.
1: Drop the Jesus curtain. D- drop the curtain.
0: Yeah, that's Dro- why. That's when they drop the curtain. <laughs> Next up's Fool on the Hill. I didn't hear too much, like, yeah. I mean, coming off of I Am the Walrus, (laughs) this mix is not as radical. I think the flutes and recorders feel higher in the mix.
1: (laughs) I have the same note. My note is, love this song, bad placement. (laughs) (laughs) Day
0: after day, alone on a hill.
1: I do. I love Fool in the Hill. This is one that the Broadway cast album of Beatlemania got in my head as a four-year-old that just sent me, like, I'll never forget it. Yeah. Even though it comes in a weird place, uh, I feel like the remix is lovely and the flutes sound good.
0: Moving on. This mix of Magical Mystery Tour, I kind of love. This was one of my more favorite mixes. Um, I mean, uh, okay, I got one caveat. Paul's announcement at the very top of the song is totally buried.
1: Yes. Yes. I feel this. I'm I'm nodding my head vigorously with the last two things you said. Yes.
0: Yeah. I was like, wait, what? I feel like I only heard like the second half of it. But I love the addition of that fucking hot rod guitar that's now in the mix that gives okay. it like this like Chuck Berry like meets the Monkees <laughs> kind of sound, right? They almost sound like they're the Monkees. <laughs> like it should have been Jimi Hendrix opening for the Beatles in 67.
1: <laughs> but the Monkees performed with the skill of the Beatles, like Ringo's drumming in this, Ringo's just rocking the fuck out. His drumming's to me never, I mean, maybe in mono, but his drumming has never been this prominent. He's just driving the tune.
0: I love it, man. Yeah, this is this one. This one I, I'm I'm back on board for uh, this was an, similar to Eight Days a Week. A song like when it comes on, I'm like, okay, I've heard this one a lot. You know, it's all right. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, give me that guitar. I feel like it's a little bit louder on the the fade out too.
1: Yes, it feels right? like a second. It feels like a second longer. I I didn't compare the times, but yeah, the, it's something's going on in the fade out. Little yeah. like Dear Prudence, something's way more prominent now than it used to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a trippier ending. It's a trippier version too. Like when they say mystery trip, that felt more psychedelic.
1: Yes. Yeah, man. Atmos, baby. Don't Atmos. be Atmos. <laughs>
0: still no blu-ray though and like my yacht I, needs another cleaning uh, you know it's been out in the wash wherever wherever I put the dock <laughs> I have so many yacht problems uh, I'm so mad that there's no blu-ray of this <laughs>
1: I love them. I'm I'm a big fan of the guy who's stuck on Blu-ray culture <laughs> well it's because the Blu-ray has like
0: 6.1 whatever know. fuck you mixes I'm with you I love it be <laughs> like I have more speakers that I have feelings for my family
1: <laughs>
0: when they did the, the really great Atmos mixes of the Beatles stuff it really feels like you're sitting in Abbey Road listening to everything be played and it's like such a profound experience all right next up's lady madonna again the 2015 mix it's strange how sparse the ending sounded to me i'm not that Mm. again not that familiar with these mixes so for a lot of these i was like oh i'm like actually sitting down and listening to these 2015s
1: yeah i didn't notice the ending being more sparse i will say paul's voice coming in center lady This is one of my favorite Beatles songs. one of my favorite Paul songs sure. for sure. It's piano
0: songs. So yeah. yeah, and one of his very
1: best. And you know, uh, is there consternation amongst Beatles fans about Lady Madonna? Like, I forget where are you at with Lady Madonna? And is Lady Madonna in Long and Winding Road category, or do people still no. love Lady Madonna?
0: No, I think people like Lady Madonna. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Long and Winding Road is one of the more reviled songs. I don't. I've never heard anyone dog on Lady Madonna.
1: Yeah, Tony, well, I love Lady Madonna. And this mix, for a long time when I heard the mono mix, which was actually the single that always felt like the more powerful lady madonna than the one i would hear on hey jude which was in stereo so mm. this one to me feels so close to the mono because paul's voice isn't isolated nice. i feel like the drumming is more powerful in this like the mono so yeah this is actually the way i love to hear lady madonna going forward if i can't access from streaming the beatlemania cast album version <laughs> <laughs> uh then we get hey jude
0: Still seven minutes and change. Uh, That's the 2015 Mexican. Okay, man, I have some opinions about this next one that uh, ends disc one of the Blue Album. And they forgot to say the name of the song, but they're talking about revolution. I swear to God, each of us has worked professionally in radio. So John said that the original stereo version was like a scoop of ice cream. Words to that effect, right? Yes. So this new version to me is like, a pizza poof that's been under the lamp too long.
1: At a name brand place or at like a 7-Eleven. I mean,
0: what I'm sure, a knock-off 7-Eleven. No, it's the Beatles. It's at a it's at a proper 7-Eleven. Right, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you See, I love this. This is one of my highlights from both discs. I feel like this is the one another one I really wish John could hear. Okay, so
0: okay, well, I think we might disagree. So the mono is all about the guitars, like just jumping out of your speakers and the vocals. Everything's distorted. I feel that Giles took the distortion and he tamed it. He made it a tasteful mix. I think rock and roll is not tasteful. I think it needs to be like in the red. It needs to be blowing the meters out. A song like this is rock and roll. I think this song needs to kick your ass. And this song got tamed like a little house cat.
1: Wow. I heard it (laughs) totally differently. I mean, I don't. One of my notes is I don't think it's to replace the mono. Uh But John hated this in stereo. And I think he'd like it now. See, here's what I wrote. It's all the harshness of the mono version, but in stereo, if that makes sense. Ringo is so prominent This was another revelation to me Nicky Hopkins' piano Clear
0: Yeah, all right I'll give you this, man. Like Ringo's uh, drums boom more on those uh, four-on-the-floor
1: breaks. Yes.
0: But if you go carrying pictures of chairman now, you ain't gonna make it with anyone anyhow. I agree that you can hear everything more clearly. And maybe that also speaks to my point that it's too clean of a mix. I think it's just a clean mix of a dirty song. And I think a dirty song should have a dirty mix.
1: Great, agreed. So, you just knocked over your Beatles
0: board game. Where are you going, TJ? Uh, uh. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's move on. Disc two. Uh, we are going in the order of how the CDs and the streaming is going. We will talk about the different, very different vinyl configuration. Oh yeah. So it begins uh, just like the originals did with uh, back, in the USSR. I'm back in the USSR. You don't know how lucky you are, Back in the US, back in the US, back in the USSR. Now we're using the 2018 mixes. So these are Giles Martin mixes here. Going into
1: Dear Prudence, clean. Yeah, it's interesting. It's so clean, there isn't even a fade in. It just starts on the one. Yeah. Which is cool. I like that.
0: I like hearing that song, you know, just like I like hearing Day in the Life isolated uh, without the applause, without the. Yeah, I like it that way. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's awesome.
0: Dear Prudence,
1: won't you come out to play?
0: While my guitar gently weeps. Obladi oh, Oblada oh, Glass Onion I was definitely not expecting Glass Onion on this record.
1: Yeah, that surprised me too, especially without Julia
0: No, I wonder, was this included because of the movie Glass Onion? At the time of this, while they're making this, Glass Onion was in the the world.
1: That's one way to look at it. I thought its inclusion was because it was always meant to be a bit of a hat tip to Beatle fans. So I thought maybe that was the reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good song. I love it. I was just surprised that it's on here and not Helter Skelter. Like, let's get that out of the bag right now. There's no Helter Skelter on this, which makes no sense to me.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that so much. I don't think you need to (laughs) occupy the the helter-skelter space. (laughs) I'm just saying, if there was a time,
0: any time, to steal this song back from you too... This would have been
1: it. <laughs> well, I, you know, Tony, always have to steal my kisses from you too. <laughs> Some Charles Manson stole from the Beatles. We're stealing the fly. Cause I always have to steal my kisses from you. <laughs> I always have. to Blackbird, on the other hand, absolutely belongs on this record. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: Blackbird fly. To the light of a dog black night and Hey Bulldog which gets a brand new mix so now we got a brand new mix
1: yes this had a great remix on that 1999 Yellow Submarine song track yeah that's a great one we've talked about this and when we heard it on Mono Masters that's a pretty cool yeah the echo on Ringo's snare hits on the two of the four <laughs> right? are wild that's new
0: It's new, man. Yeah, it's new. I'm not sure I like it, but it's new. It's new. I thought Paul's bass on a big and thick and woody, is what I wrote down, TJ.
1: <laughs> Tonight on Cheers. <laughs> you know, I think Gary's probably playing with us like a rat with a mouse. That's a cat and a mouse. Sam, a cat and a mouse don't play together. They're mortal enemies. They don't even know the same game. Think before you speak, Sam.
0: But now, yeah, I I will say you get to hear uh, Ringo has these little ghost notes leading into the ending on the snare. We have a lot of, again, Ringo triumph on this.
1: Yeah, I, his ride cymbal work. I mean, you can really hear him on the ride cymbal, at least in ways I hadn't before. The, yeah. the band volume drops a lot as the yeah. the runouts beginning during the barking and the chatting.
0: Yeah, it's man. an interesting
1: choice, which I like. But then it comes back.
0: It does come back, but it gets so low. It sounds like, you know, it's like the blooper reel during the credits of this song. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're not supposed to sing like dogs on this record <laughs> look at them they're doing crazy stuff
1: <laughs> smoky and the bandit six <laughs> yeah,
0: basically that's what that was yeah yeah it's a good mix man but i definitely prefer the yellow sub song track mix that i think remains my favorite followed by the mono, probably then 2009 and then this but still a good mix giles good yeah. mix.
1: i like this one a whole lot
0: then we get Get Back. This is the 2015 mix they chose, the single version. Get back, get back, get back, to where you once belong. Get back, get back, get back to where you once Get back, Joe. Yeah, curious they didn't go with, did they do a, didn't they do a mix last year for it? Or no? Or two years ago, whatever it
1: was? yeah in the box set yes
0: i thought so i know they definitely did the album version but you know i don't i don't remember you know what i mean that's it's getting like we're losing track of how many times these songs That's kind of what i was saying
1: before i did okay with my beatles in 1988 when i had everything on cd (laughs) you know like life was fine and it's wonderful (laughs) to have all this but it's like yeah
0: no i grew i see that too man Uh, Then we get the 2021 mix of Don't Let Me Down. Don't let me down.
1: Don't let me down. Which is notable because on the Let It Be um, reissue and and remix in 2021, there's chatter at the beginning of it. the studio chatter before they go into the song. So this is the first time it's been available just as the original single was.
0: Nice, nice. From 2015, it's The Ballad of John and Yoko. Then we get, this is our last new mix on the Blue Album, 2023. Yeah, man. Old Brown Shoe, one of my favorites. I love that it was on the Blue Album. Thanks, Alan Steckler, for putting that on there. Yes. I've always loved this song, man.
1: One of George's best. And it's one he pulled off great when he brought it out for that Live in Japan tour. Yeah, that's right. It was so fun to hear him do that there. It's become We talk about this all the time because we both love the song. Because it's on the Blue Album, it's canon. This song feels like one of the important George songs because we were taught it that way. And it is. It's a great song. Hello.
0: On um, the liner notes, which I we failed to talk about, the we'll talk about them a little later. The yeah, man, the liner notes that come with the new reissues. Uh, anyway, they described the song as roller coasting, and I thought that was quite apt. Yeah, yeah the song feels like a roller coaster, and that's because of that that drumming, on Ringo's drumming. Yeah, I felt like I I heard the upright tack piano. Yeah, Paul's bass. This is one for Paul's bass. Like you really hear the how busy his runs are. And then there's those new, like, screaming, like, these savage screaming sounds happening during the
1: solo. Yeah, that's, I feel like Paul is
0: screaming, right? Yeah, it sounds like a couple people. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Paul and I don't know who else. Because I don't think John participated on this record.
1: No, it's, it's one of the, there's one of the three Threedles tracks on, <laughs> on this record.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. Then we hear some of the falsetto vocals come in sooner. We hear them earlier too. I think we hear a little, a little ghost sound of the, earlier yeah. on in the song
1: yes which i hadn't heard uh other things the levels of the organ and the guitars at the end are wild the levels are just like this to me might be what you wish revolution was like this song yeah yeah
0: yeah man i, see I like it. this mix yeah this this is a new favorite mix i
1: love it too well uh, you mentioned it paul's my, my no paul's bass is stunning i mean what how how wonderful to hear this track on here
0: yeah man And listen on the fade out too He's doing some stretches on uh, At the end there Oh yeah Yeah it's cool There's stuff in there I hadn't heard before So uh, The next set comes From the 2019 Abbey Road mixes We get Here Comes the Sun
1: Here Comes the Sun
0: Come Together
1: Come Together Right Now Over Me Something Still wanna leave it now You know I believe in how
0: Octopus's Garden
1: I'd like to be
0: Under the sea In an octopus's garden In the shade Then we get a couple new submissions. Oh, darling. Oh, darling. If you leave me. I'll
1: never make it alone. I think I predicted that. Uh, Ding, buzzer. uh, I can't remember. I couldn't (laughs) find the episode and I was late. I didn't have time. But you did have time to memorize the batting averages of every player in the major league. Well, that's important. Your schoolwork isn't. I'm gonna be a baseball player. They don't have to know anything.
0: (laughs) No, I would not have picked this one, but hey, whatever, okay. I actually forgot how loud the backing vocals were on this mix. This is one of those Giles mixes. And then another one, I Want You, She's So Heavy. Again, I was very surprised. I had no idea this song was going to be on there. Oh, you? You
1: know, oh, you so bad, bad.
0: I would not kick it oh, off, but hey, man, still I'm surprised.
1: Tony, the most egregious thing in this whole set is not the omission of rain. And I believe it is this over Golden Slumber's Carry That Weight, the end. And I understand the chronology issues, but on an album that ends with a song that came out in 2023, The Long and Winding Road doesn't need to be the last, you know, song on here. You can fuck with the order if that's what you're going to do. So how do you not have the end of the Abbey Road? I'm not saying the entire medley. I'm not saying the long one, but uh, (laughs) hey, it's the Great Eagles album, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, put the short one on, but then people would get all pissed off about the short one, right?
1: <laughs> no, because the short one starts perfectly after the. Oh yeah, you can easily start with the piano and once there was a way. There's no True. reason you can't do that. And I'm sorry, the set is brilliant. I'm sure they had their reasons. I mean, I want you's probably on there to quote file under rock, and I mean it. That's probably why that's there. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's a deep. It's a it's a great rock and roll song. But if you're putting the real anthologies together and you don't have Golden Slumbers carry that way at the end, that bugs me. I'm just saying it on on my version. It will have it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And for my version, it was not on there.
1: So but again, (laughs) like what? Like explain that to me, because doesn't it have to be isn't if Long and Winding Road's on there, shouldn't like the end be on there?
0: Um, I mean, I I definitely I hear your point. I just think that's just for Abbey Road. Like I hear you about Golden Slumbers and those three. It feels like the short one. I don't know. To me, it's just let it be on Abbey Road and let Abbey Road be Abbey Road. You know? Okay. I guess that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, it, f- it feels like. Well, then just put the whole Abbey Road record on this thing, then. You know? <laughs> Which they almost kind of did. <laughs> Yeah, which they almost already did. And, yeah. like, r- basically, Rubber Soul and Revolver are on the Red album. So it's just like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I get it. I liked it when it was just the two records each. I think that's the way to do it. But Yeah. I get it. All right, we got Let It Be. It whispered, it whispered, let it be. Then Across the Universe.
1: Sounds of laughter, shades of life
0: Then I Me Mine.
1: mine.
0: mine. Again, another surprise, but yeah, more
1: George. Okay. Yeah, this surprised me too, but it's great to hear it, and it's another Threedles track. Which is why yeah. I think they should have flipped the order and had Long and Winding Road. Like, the real run out of this should have been Old Brown Shoe and uh, I Me Mine and Now and Then. If you're not going to have Real Love and Free as a Bird on here, like, it, how pissed is Jeff Lynn? Like, and like everyone's like, well, you yeah. know, the, the Jeff Lynn tracks were like ELO and Ringo didn't want, he's like, I am the track. and Like, Jeff Lynn's being dogged every day that Now and Then is no, talked
0: about. Jeff Lynn's getting hogged, Michael Lindsay hogged. <laughs> <laughs> <He's>
1: totally get <getting> a <laughs> Lindsay hug Yes <laughs> they're, they're, gonna, they're gonna need Peter Jackson To issue a documentary About the Threedles that shows everything Being really bad <laughs> To make the Giles thing look good
0: <laughs> It really is the long and winding road TJ the long- Which uh, used to be the last song, but now it closes with now and then, at least streaming and on the CDs it does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now and then I miss you. When that song came on, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one.
1: <laughs> oh, come on. It's great. It's I lo- great. I love
0: the song. I don't think it fits. I love I the agree. song. I don't I think it fits. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It just doesn't fit this compilation. It belongs in its own other thing.
1: Yes. It, yeah. it's the golden slumbers carry that way at the end <laughs> <laughs> of the casingle era. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: There you go. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And on top of like the long and winding road is maybe the best possible lead in to this song. In my opinion, it's still just, it doesn't work. This belongs on a four song, 10 inch with the other Threedles songs.
1: Yes. You could not be more right. What they should have done is make it a bonus EP with all three Threedles tracks. Give Now and Then prominence. I love what they did with Love Me Do. I'm, they probably, with all the different pressings, you could have different variations, Tony. You can do your Now and Then Love Me Do, but then why not have an EP with the Threedle songs and satisfy it that way as well? Yeah. I do love Now and Then. It makes me very emotional. I've watched the video a bunch. I listened to the song like an unhealthy amount the last couple of weeks. I just keep playing it. And I think it's a great song. It's wonderful, but it's not a Blue Album song.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the new packaging and then also how the albums were sequenced uh, for vinyl. Yeah, I like the set. I like, you know, each record comes with uh, their own set of liner notes.
1: By John Harris, have you... Oh yeah, I wrote that down. I'm not familiar with his other stuff in the Beatles world. It's really well-written. I just, I, I can't, you know, the last couple have been, you know, Kevin Howlett. There's just people I'm more familiar with immediately.
0: I think he's a rock critic for The Guardian or was and a self-described Beatles obsessive. Cool. And he's only like a couple years older than us. So he's kind of our age, DJ. He's definitely a second-gen kind of listener.
1: It's great writing. It's welcome. I mean, Howlett's done a wonderful job. He's a great writer too and an incredible historian. Yeah. I wonder if, is, is Bruce Spicer on any of the official Beatles releases? Well, the Trivial Pursuit game, which is, isn't that an official release? 100%. I think I mean like a reissue of Vinyl. <laughs> right, right. Because he, he'd be in line like, I'd like to nominate Bruce Spicer to contribute to the next Calderstone physical uh, project.
0: I Yeah, yeah. Inject a little humor into it. Yeah. He has this humor, you know? Yeah. Now, TJ. Yes. Have you held up like a, like I'm holding up my red album capital version that my mom had and the cardstock is nice. And this is something I noticed also with like, I got a who sell out to, you know, reissue thing. I feel like the cardstock's gotten a little chintzier. I feel like it's cheaper cardstock we're getting these albums on.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I agree with you.
0: Maybe not the sleeve, but the actual yeah. cardboard on the vine,
1: on the the jacket.
0: And then, you know how I harp on the Pair Records reissue of Beatlemania live record? Yeah. Two LPs stuffed into one
1: jacket? This gets me to what you're about to say, yep. Yeah, because now, like,
0: now my whatever this is yacht problems but now, now, my, now my red album's all puffy yeah
1: that's <laughs> that's what happens it's got to be kept with other albums that are pretty in a, in a nice tight space yeah, yeah. or the box that came with it here um <laughs> yeah i i think the presentation is wonderful you know all of the recent red reissues have been and blue have been presented really nicely but To have the extra lyrics for the added songs in the same font, I'm pretty sure some lyrics have been corrected from the original Apple and Capital issues that they got wrong through the years. If you go compare, I I can't tell you which ones and if I didn't do the homework to check, but I definitely know there have been some lyric corrections from the earlier issues. And talk about Chintzy, like the inner sleeves of the early issues are like very thin paper with the lyrics on them.
0: That's true. That's true. So, as we mentioned in the Red Album episode, the streaming and CDs have the sequencing in kind of a uh, chronological order. And the LPs preserve the original sequencing of the double LP set or four total. And so you get a bonus disc on your third LP. And I felt like the, you know, when you listen on vinyl, that's how you listen. So you're hearing yeah. like basically like the Beatles' odds and sods, you know?
1: That's a great way to put it. It feels like a slapdash compilation.
0: Yeah, it does. It yeah. feels like a slapdash compilation. Which is its own strange joy. It's wonderful. Right? It makes you feel like you're you're yeah, you're listening to some strange import, you know.
1: That's what I mean. Yes, that's a better way. I've I've got some random, you know, like a taste of honey and beatles in Italy, like random right. <laughs> right. compilations that were like things are very strange that I love.
0: Yeah, and they're going to be like 2023 20, mixes for the most part, which yeah. is kind of cool. Now, the LP
1: on the Blue Album, man, is in a completely different whoa. order, you right? You bet it is. It's like Now and Then kicking off a new Beatles album. Yeah. It's wild. It's the way it should be. I dig it.
0: I thought that was a smart choice. Yeah. Yeah, so it goes side five. It opens with Now and Then, whoa, into Blackbird. Yeah. Then Dear Prudence. With the clean intro. Yes. Glass Onion, uh huh, and then within you, without you, yeah. So it's it's in like a, almost a reverse chronological order, kind of with those songs.
1: And well, and Tony John begins the side, and George ends the side.
0: Oh well, there you go. Yep. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> side six opens with Hey Bulldog, then Oh Darling, I mean Mine. And we close the whole thing with, I want you, she's so heavy. Yeah. Which it's it's a cool sequence. I, I, I kind of, I don't have a lot of bones to pick about the sequencing of these songs for this extra album, but it's a weird, listen.
1: Yeah. And yet satisfying. And it's just like, you know, there's a bit of an effect of like going from, I should have known better to paperback writer on the Hey Jude album, yes. where it's, it's yes. equally incongruous and great. <laughs>
0: It is it I can't is. explain yeah, it
1: It's you're great Alan
0: Steckler Yeah right? Thank you Alan name? Steckler <laughs>
1: Steckler? Yeah totally
0: Well I think overall yes It's a great listen It's the same thing I have with the Red Album Like It was 99 minutes Now it's over two hours These are long movies now That you are now sitting through So And two tapers You know what I mean It's like Scarface Or Reds Or whatever you know?
1: right, right, in the double VHS box. Right? <laughs> right.
0: So I don't agree with all the decisions, but, I, you know, I am just one in millions of people who love this group, love these collections. It's the Beatles. So it's like, well, don't get upset. Just enjoy
1: it. You know, I'm, I'm not a great one for that. You know, maybe it was too many of that. What do you mean? It was great. It's sold. It's the bloody Beatles. Red and blue. The album. Shut up. As much as I've been listening to these, I'm trying to find the joy of what these are and try not too much to think about what I have been hearing for the majority of my life. Yeah, (laughs) defense. Yeah, right. Sometimes that's tricky. But the thing about the Beatles is they can be equally romanticized and intellectualized because they create the material for us to do both very easily. So I'm grateful to have these remixes. And I think if you haven't checked them out yet, they are absolutely worth hearing. The high points will blow you away. Eight days a week, the way I felt when I first heard that will always stay with me. So will I am the walrus. I'll always remember that. It's almost, if not quite as important as, but it's almost like hearing the new Beatles song. Say, whoa, I know this, but it's very different.
0: Yeah, man. Well, in the John Harris liner notes, Ringo gets the last quote. It blows me away that every generation listens to the Beatles. They have a listen and the beat's still going on. And he goes on to say, the magic at work is as powerful as ever and it links everything together, past, present and future. Yesterday and today, now and then. Peace and love, peace and love. Apple and contract. <laughs> Chapatis and cream. Peruvian lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Financial imbalance. The Watusi. <laughs> the, the twist. twist.
1: Does the lack of
0: Revolution 9 upset you? Oh, I'm steam. Stick around for part three. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe.